my name is Claire and you are listening to the Hypno Birthing Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you again for joining me. Uh, just a quick reminder that I am on Patreon if you want any extra content. So on there I have bonus episodes, early access to episodes, uh, depending on what tier you choose. There's other things such as course discounts, there's um, monthly lives with me or Q&As where you can chat and ask questions and talk about birth, talk about different topics every month. Um, and also there's chance to share your birth stories with me and on the podcast and also monthly relaxation sessions as well. So there's like a, a range of things, but um, if you want to check it out, then um, I'll leave a link in the details below. Today's episode is really special and I had so much fun recording it because it's actually with Louise who is from Birth Calmly and Louise is a fellow hypnobirthing teacher and we actually met each other when we did our hypnobirthing training um, so it's been a little while since we've seen each other but we met then and we made good friends we spent all three days together lunching together and we have stayed friends and you know whatsapp friends and things like that since and she has come on to talk about her two two positive birth stories. She has two children. She has Ottilie and she has Elian and she had two really great positive experiences with both of them. Um, different experiences, both of them, but two um, equally as positive um, experiences as well. So she's joining me today to talk through both of her birth experiences and I'll play the episode now and I really hope you will enjoy it. So hello, welcome Louise. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Hiya, are you okay? I'm good, thank you. So just as a bit of background, Louise is also a hypnobirthing instructor and um, works for her company, Birth Calmly. Um, I'll leave all of the details below um, for you to check her out. And we also met through our hypnobirthing training. So that's where we met each other on our uh, three days in London doing our training, which was great. Actually, I still look back at that and think how lovely to get away from from kids for three days yeah. <laughs> and do that training um so yeah we we met through that and Louise has come on to share her two very positive birth stories so thank you so much you're welcome excited <laughs> okay so firstly what when you were pregnant with your daughter uh first time around what was it that got you interested in hypnobirthing oh god so yeah so we, I was pregnant in 2018 um <sighs> fell pregnant very quickly after we got married and was really excited about being pregnant, but was also really petrified of like giving birth and anything to do with labor. And I remember speaking to one of my friends who had had a baby the year before, and she said that she had um, done hypnobirthing and I hadn't heard of it at all before this. Um, and she sent me some pictures of her like in the birth pool and she looked as though she was asleep. And I was really shocked because obviously in the, like the real world I'd not seen anything so kind of calm it was just everything that was you know on television looked quite kind of you know loud and very vocal lots of like blood and things and yeah I was not kind of putting these two things together so when she told me a little bit more about it and said you know it's all about you know mindset and different sort of techniques and exercises I kind of went away and did some research about it and that's ultimately how I heard about it because before that I'd never heard of this concept of hypnobirthing at all so yeah so we went away I did a little bit of research on it you know as you do google 
uh, when you were pregnant and yeah found a hypnobirthing teacher who was fairly local so that's how I kind of got into it initially we my husband was away for quite a lot of my pregnancy so I think he went away when I was about 10 weeks pregnant for pretty much the whole pregnancy and got back um he had a two-week break in between when he came home and he came back when I was 37 weeks so during that two-week period that's when we did our hypnobirthing course originally he was quite kind of really skeptical actually um and when I mentioned that I'd quite like to do it he yeah he was a bit like like oh is it a bit of a waste of money you know lots of other people give birth without it why do we need to kind of do it and when I explained to him actually you know like my friend's done this and she'd had a really positive birth and I've read so many different stories about it I was like if I don't try it and something happens and I don't have like a a positive birth I'll blame it probably on the fact that I didn't give it a go so you know he said yeah fine let's do it and he was all up for it and on the day we had like a it was like an intense course it was like a day session like about six six or seven hours long um and as you know we learned everything to do with hypnobirthing um you know what was going to happen the physiological stages of birth um and we both came away really shocked at like you know like the birth itself um we watched a birth video on the day as well and we couldn't believe it like that this ultimately could be what we could experience so that's yeah that's how we got into it yeah Um, yeah I remember that as well when I did my course with my first daughter just seeing a video and thinking I've never seen anything like look like that with birth because the only association we have is what you see on tv and what people tell you and it's usually negative yeah exactly see like I just remember it still like watching it and I you know welling up and thinking like that is just incredible I wanted to show everybody I just remember wanting to show like my mom and my friends like how amazing this birth is um and how yeah it just it's very logical and obviously we say this all the time but um you know a lot of people are skeptical of it completely normal but it is so logical isn't it you know yeah and I think so much sense especially for my husband like he had nothing like no idea about birth we'd started to read like you know the the books and everything like that but actually seeing it and and hearing about it in like you say in a more logical sense everything to us just yeah it became kind of that like that kind of like this is what we want and this is how we want our birth to go so obviously we then focus a lot on on the practice side of it and you know for the next 12 weeks that's all I did every evening I did my practice um and it probably helped because he was away so I had that kind of that was my focus so every evening I did my visualizations I did the breathing and listened to the scripts before bed and I think that whole kind of mindset shift um of actually thinking do you know what birth can be like this I remember having like all the affirmations up that the lady had given us. We had them dotted around the house. Um, and we even had, you know, like the picture of the baby in the birth canal, like head down as well. That was a big factor because I was really worried that they weren't going to be head down. So, yeah. So actually just changing my whole mindset, hitting the birthing really just yeah. did that for me. It really kind of opened my eyes, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's how we got into it. Very powerful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so just a fun fact before you share Ottilie's birth story, but obviously you know this already, but our daughters are born on exactly the same day, which um, I I still love that. <laughs> I think that's so good. Yeah. It's like a weird connection that we have, isn't it? Very, yeah, like exact, like 
exactly the same day, same year, everything. When we found that out, we were like, this is, yeah, this is connecting us. How, you know, how strange is that to find somebody? I don't know. Maybe it's not that strange. I feel like it's it's quite weird to find somebody else. It was just a bit odd. We were just like talking about our daughters and then it was like, oh, same birthday. Yeah. And also, I like, you know, I don't know. The fact that we were in labour at the same time, I think that's quite fun. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we're both hypnobirthing teachers and the fact that we were both going through it at the same time um, yeah. with our daughters, I find just, yeah, the stars aligned. Anyway, so share, <laughs> please share Ottilie's uh, birth story with everybody. God, so that one seems a bit kind of <laughs> three years ago now. Nearly three years. Yeah. Um, so with Ottilie, um, we had planned to go to the birth centre, obviously after our hypnobirthing course, but due to kind of staffing levels in the area, they had to close the birth centre like a few weeks before. Um, so because of that, we decided that we were going to go to the hospital. Um, for us at the time, uh, for that birth, we were completely happy with our choice. Um, we'd been had a look around the hospital, we loved it. And for me, it was kind of like that, right, I've seen the hospital, this is where we're going to have our baby. And kind of, like we said, like, like we could imagine that's where we were going to, you know, bring our baby home from. So yeah, my bursary started um, at 40 plus two, so 40 weeks and two days. So I'd gone past my due date by a couple of days, which obviously, as we know, is completely normal. Got to the Sunday and in the sort of in the day, I'd started to lose my mucus plug. So that started to come away nothing kind of major going on I had a few like cramps in the early evening um, and it wasn't until probably I think it was like 11 o'clock at night things started to kind of like move on quite quickly and I started to feel contractions and obviously first time you don't really know whether this is it you kind of think is it it or is it not you can't really kind of say yes or no but I remember saying to my husband like right I think this is it maybe we should go up to bed get some rest because you don't know how long these things are going to take. And so you just, you know, you think, right, I'll go and get some sleep. So we both went upstairs and yeah, I couldn't sleep at all because they'd started to kind of come quite close together. Um, at this point we rang labor line and we said, look, this is what's happening. Um, I was actually breathing through the contractions at the time. So my husband made the initial phone call and I remember like, the lady on the line was obviously saying, well, I can't hear her. And I remember him saying, no, she's practicing her hypnobirthing and she's doing her breathing, but I'll pass her on in a minute because she's just having a contraction. So that was my first kind of like experience of, you know, because I wasn't screaming or making lots of noise, people didn't necessarily believe that I was in labour. I say this all the time to people as well, that people do get told, we don't look like you're in labour. You don't sound like you're in labour, whatever it's supposed to look and sound like when we're in labor I'm not sure but often yeah people that do hypnobirthing they're not kind of well I don't want to say not believed but you know they don't look like the typical uh, person in labor no that's right and yeah that comment so after like he put the phone on to me and we've kind of had a conversation because we know that between contractions you can talk and stuff so yeah she just said to me you know if things start to ramp up or the contractions get closer together then you know make your way to the hospital and because at this point my waters hadn't broken it was it was just the contractions that had started so I remember I went and had a bath to obviously kind of you know help with the contractions Um, and that seemed to take a little bit of like the sensations away but again things were happening a lot quicker so by about four o'clock I said to my husband right I think you know, I want to go to the hospital now because I think I want, you know, some gas and air. 
so we got got everything ready and I think we got to the hospital just before five um and obviously it's quite like quiet in hospital in the early hours so we met with a midwife who was really nice um and she checked me and we were already five centimeters dilated so I was really like happy that I'd managed to get to five centimeters just by being at home so yeah we were kind of that feeling of like wow the baby is coming and I remember her saying to me oh you're gonna have a baby by about 10 and I said oh what 10 o'clock tonight and she was like no like in a few hours so that kind of oh that was a bit like weird because you know we were gonna be meeting like we didn't know we were having a girl at the time so at that point we were like right the baby's coming so yeah got to the hospital was checked um and then about an hour later we went and got in the birth pool um, so that was free. So that was really good because I really, really wanted to have that water birth. Um, so when I eventually got into the pool, the feeling was just amazing. Like, obviously, you'll know that feeling of, yeah. you know, experiencing those contractions and then just getting into the pool and feeling one weightless and just the warmth around the bump. It just takes like it's just you can't really describe it. Um, it's just it's like, very you know, comforting isn't it as well you know like you know when you've had a really long day and you have a hot bath and you just get into it that kind of like lovely feeling and yeah I remember getting in the pool and it was just so nice um still with the gas and air so I had gas and air quite a lot um in the lead up to when I started pushing but yeah it all happened really quickly after that obviously John was with me we you know decided at that point that we'd tell our parents that we were in labour because at that moment we hadn't told anybody Aww. And then, yeah, a couple of hours later, so about eight o'clock, I was fully dilated. Um, and I remember thinking a little bit before this, I was I was begging like for dimorphine um, to the midwife. And I was like, I really need something. I can't do it anymore. And she was like, you can do it. Like, honestly, you're so close. And obviously now being a hypnobirthing teacher, I now know that's that transition period yeah. where you're so close. I didn't need the dimorphine. It was just that moment of just like, I need something but yeah. yeah my wife was very good she knew that I was you know nearly ready so she obviously refused it um and then yeah shortly after I was you know 10 centimeters dilated we had like a crossover of midwives at this point so I had a new midwife because obviously it was the day shift um and I also had a student midwife in there as well which obviously was lovely because I had two of them um so yeah I think that point we were in the pool for another couple of hours um and it got to a point where I'd been pushing for about two hours and I couldn't like quite get Ottilie's head out so the decision was made um for me to get out of the pool um so that I could they could basically see what was happening um and I ended up you know going on the bed now the midwife at this point was you know she was trying to say to me maybe try going on all fours leaning over the back of the bed to really encourage me to kind of get into a better position but every position that I tried it was really uncomfortable so in the end yeah I went kind of on my back but I was kind of propped up a little bit again obviously two hours had gone by and they were getting quite concerned because you know initial like first time mum you get about two hours to kind of push baby out um and at this point this is where they they kind of start getting a consultant in and just kind of weighing up the options whether to you know intervene whether to kind of use forceps um and at that point it was kind of decided um we'd agreed that I was going to have an episiotomy just to kind of create that little bit of extra space for her head to be born so yeah we had the episiotomy and within like minutes 
the next contraction her head was out and obviously that that feeling was just amazing like when once you birth a head you know that actually they're going to be here any minute and then yeah literally a few minutes later within a couple of pushes she was out and mm. I just that feeling of her like they just picked her up um and they just held her up and said you've got a little girl and we were just yeah we were so overwhelmed just seeing her we were both crying and, and they just popped her on my chest and yeah just I just still even now like remember her looking up at me and just that little face they like popped a little hat on her head and yeah it was just like that overwhelming feeling that we'd like done it and obviously John was there like he was just amazing throughout the whole thing just really supportive encouraging um and I think because he'd done that hypnobirthing course he knew like he knew what he was doing he knew what to expect um and just felt really kind of included in the whole thing so when she came out obviously like he was just as emotional as I was because yeah it was just that lovely feeling that you know we'd waited so long for her and here she was so it was yeah even though we had the episiotomy it was lovely to just kind of have that her out her here and you kind of just forget everything like what's yeah. going on in the background like once once they're out don't you yeah you do kind of in your own bubble so yeah that positive was... what a lovely first birth and like you say you know it's all about you ha- yeah you had an episiotomy but that was you, you know the right thing at the time so it was the right thing to do and that's yeah. the most important thing isn't it and like you said she her head came straight out after that so it was obviously the right thing to do um, yeah. in that moment Definitely, because obviously episiotomies are there to kind of prevent you from experiencing yeah. tear, aren't they? So definitely worth, like, I, I don't like regret that choice yeah. at all. I was happy because obviously pushing for two hours, you do get quite tired. And so once she was out, it was like a relief that she was out. Yeah, so, definitely. Lovely. So after her amazing birth, that's when you then decided to train as a hypnobirthing teacher. Um, and I'm guessing the reason for that was similar to my own reasons in that you wanted to spread the the message that, you know, this amazing thing can really help change your birth and everyone needs to know about it, which, you know, is true. Yeah, definitely. It was kind of one of those things where, you know, I went into that birth scenario. I wasn't scared. I was really calm. I, you know, like I was so proud of myself for getting to that point where, you know, getting to five centimeters at home just by using hypnobirthing techniques yeah I wanted to, I told all my friends about it anyone that then got pregnant I said oh have you tried hypnobirthing yeah. um and then it was my husband actually who said you know why don't you become a hypnobirthing teacher you're clearly very passionate about it and yeah like you just kind of thought yeah do you know what I want to like yeah. scream it from the rooftop so yeah that's what, what I did and that's where yeah. we met I think so many people and so many people that I talk to like also people like you teach that have really positive experiences but also friends and things like that when you really have that amazing positive experience I think so many people want to tell people and want to share it and want to do something to help other people realize that it doesn't have to be how it is on tv and in films it can be like that video we watched in the um in the hypnobirthing class you know a positive amazing experience no matter how it looks doesn't you know like you said you were uh, on your back at the end I also was when I had Amelie because again similar no position was comfortable that was the most comfortable position so although 
we obviously like encourage people not to be on their back. Sometimes if that's what feels right, then that's what you have to do. So, you know, it can look how how it looks. It doesn't have to look a certain way and still be incredibly positive. So how amazing. Okay, so then you had Elian, who is eight weeks. Nine weeks today. Nine weeks. Wow, mm. cute. Yeah. I can hear him a little bit in the background. Yeah, um, he's making little snuffly noises. Starting to make little kind of like he's probably hungry. It's okay. We're child-free podcast. Uh, child-free, child-free, child-friendly podcast. <laughs> Very baby-friendly on this podcast. Um, so he can make his little snuffly noises. It's fine. Um, so tell us about his birth then. Wow. So with Elian, um, so. I'll, I'll tell you about like kind of the lead up to the birth so the decisions why we kind of decided what we did so found out we were pregnant in October very early on I think it was about two weeks when yeah. we found out so it was a, a really kind of like happy relief that we we'd got pregnant again and we were really excited again didn't find out the sex um for this one either so we we continued the pregnancy Got to the 20-week scan, everything was fine, um, apart from the fact they said I had a low-lying placenta, um, which was anterior-facing. So because of that um, and the possibility of, you know, not being able to have a vaginal birth if it remained low, um, we were advised to go back for like a scan at 32 weeks. Now, with that, we obviously then waited the 12 weeks. Um, when we went back, everything was perfect. The placenta had moved up and out of the way. Um, and so that was really great news for us because we were planning our home birth. So obviously if it's, you know, low lying, it remains low lying, we wouldn't have been able to have that home birth. Um, so we were really fortunate to kind of like see that it moved. Um, and it was on this kind of scan that they'd noticed that he was a bit bigger than obviously they'd liked him to have been at that gestation. And I remember kind of coming away um, from that because it was at that point they said, you know, he seems a bit bigger, so we want to send you for a, a gestational diabetes check. Went for that. That will come back fine. Um, and it was at that point, you know, they started to say, OK, it's just he is just going to be a big baby. At this point, I was always measuring two weeks ahead. You know, when you have your midwife appointments and they do like the, the like fundal height and stuff like that, they were they were checking it. And yeah, my bump was always two weeks ahead on the growth line. So because of that, they were happy that it was continuing on that line. There was no kind of big kind of jumps or, or whatnot. So, yeah, he he was going to be a big baby. And it was that, like we had no doubt in our minds that he, was, he wasn't going to be big because my bump was quite large towards the end. Um, Did they give you a predicted weight for him? They didn't give me a predicted weight. But I remember, so at 32 weeks, he was almost six pounds. Um, and so for that gestation, they said that was quite big and obviously like I still had like eight weeks to go and yeah they they kind of thought that he was going to be like nearly 10 pounds which he wasn't far off so at this point yeah we were quite kind of like right he's going to be big that's fine Um, and then obviously had lots of different chats with our midwife at this point because we'd opted for that home birth my kind of trust here they don't necessarily recommend home birth for babies born um, so over the 90th centile and at this point he was pretty much on the 95th centile so he was growing quite kind of quite big um, but that didn't put us off we were kind of still you know using our hypnobirthing knowledge to say okay just because he is big it doesn't necessarily mean that I can't birth him or have a natural birth we were still very much like in the mindset of 
you know, we can do this and I can do this. I was really kind of, you know, my, I, I'm not going to grow a baby too big for my body. And we hear it all the time in hypnobirthing, don't we? We always say that, but it was really having to, I was really having to kind of like, you know, practice what I preach in that sense. Yeah. So, yeah, so we had our chat with our midwife and I said, you know, she said, how are you feeling about the home birth? And I said, yeah, ideally we would still like to continue with it. And they said, right, okay, that's fine. We'll support you. We'll, you know, we'll obviously make everybody aware of what could happen because they did talk to me about him um, potentially having shoulder dystocia, which is obviously where um, their shoulders get stuck behind the pubic bone. And they gave me loads of information. So at this point, I felt so well informed. Um, My husband, he's a little bit more risk averse. And so he was very much like, right, let's do all the research. Um, So we sat down and we read through everything. And, you know, we were quite content that actually the midwife had given us all of that information. We'd gone away and done our own research. And we were quite happy that, yeah, although this baby is big, you know, we still would like to have that home birth. So, yeah, the day came. So he was 39 plus five days, so 39 weeks and five days. It all happened quite kind of suddenly. So um, I woke up in the early hours at about quarter past five. Um, my waters had broke. Uh, I was in bed, so I wasn't really expecting it because they hadn't broke the first time with Otterley. So, again, a different kind of yeah. um, start of labour, so a different sign that labour had started. Um, and I immediately knew that that was my waters because it woke me up and you know I felt like in between my legs and it was wet so I said to my husband right I think my waters have broken and he kind of sat up and was like right okay that's fine as we jumped out of bed I've never seen so much water like it was there was so much there was no doubt in my mind that this wasn't waters so I had to go into the toilet and just sit on the toilet for about 10 minutes because you know it just wasn't it wasn't that trickle that you know, because it can either be a trickle or a gush. And it, it was, there was quite a lot of fluid. So once that had kind of slowed down, we came downstairs. It was very calm. It was like, you know, half past five in the morning. He was born at the end of June. So again, it was quite light outside. Um, and we just, yeah, we got everything ready for the home birth. So we set up the pool. My husband did all that. Um, we set the room up with the lights, uh, had like affirmations around the room. And it was, it was just lovely. We were just, it was a bit weird that it was happening, but we had a cup of tea, coffee, and we just sat there and, and did that. And yeah, by about 10 past six, we were finished. So it didn't take very long. And yeah, we got our daughter up for school about seven o'clock. So she goes to nursery. And at that point, as soon as she got up, I started to have contractions, really quite kind of like close together. They were more so than what I'd had with obviously her birth. They, they happened almost instantly so we kind of had breakfast and I was very emotional because it was our last kind of morning together as a family we all had yeah we had breakfast um and I was really trying to breathe through my contractions throughout breakfast because I didn't want her to kind of see what was happening I wanted her to feel kind of normal before she went to school yeah so yeah we got her ready um and as she went to school I, I started crying I was so overwhelmed that she wasn't going to be like the only child anymore. But yeah, we sent her off to school a little bit earlier than we should. Um, but they took her in. That was fine. And when John came home, it was just before eight. I, I hadn't called Labour Line yet. So I said to him, right, you need to ring Labour Line now because things are starting to really ramp up. Um, and I think we need to get a midwife soon because obviously second birth, we didn't know how long it was going to take. Your first was quick as well. 
Your first one was quick. Yeah, 11 hours. Um, yeah, my first day. Cool. So again, I didn't know whether it was going to follow suit with that. So yeah, we phoned Labour Line. Um, again, husband rang and said, you know, the waters have broken. And they said, that's fine. We'll let the midwife know. Um, and then, yeah, like I just kind of continued to have my contractions and everything started to get a lot closer together at this point. Um, so yeah, so he'd, um, so she'd gone to school, John rang labor line. And at this point I was really kind of aware that things had got a lot quicker. Um, and my contractions, I think they were coming, I think every seven minutes, but they were lasting for over a minute. And at that point I thought, right, I'm not really sure what's happening. So I texted my friend who's a midwife and I told her what had happened. She said, make sure you're moving because actually I think they just need the head needs to press on the cervix a little bit more so maybe run up and down the stairs or you know do that and then put the TENS machine on so at this point I totally forgot that I had the TENS machine because we hired it with the birth ball so yeah we put that on I think that was about half past eight I put that on in the morning and that in itself again if anyone you know is planning on getting one I would strongly suggest like you, you get one because I didn't have one first time round, and this time like the relief that it gave me as soon as I put that on every time I had that contraction it it offered so much comfort so yeah I put that on and that was amazing but it was at this point that I started to feel the urge to push which really we didn't have a midwife here it was getting a little bit kind of like intense so I said to like my husband, um, I'm going to go back upstairs because also at this point I'd booked the Asda delivery and that was coming between nine and 10. And I was getting really like, I didn't want anything to disrupt me. If that yeah. makes sense. I didn't want labor to slow down. I wanted to kind of be on my own kind of out the way. So I went back upstairs to the bathroom and I said to my husband, you need to ring them back because I need to push. So he rang them back again Um and then said, look, she needs to push and, you know, we need someone here soon. And, and they actually said, oh, your midwife's about half an hour away. So what we need to do is we're going to send an ambulance. So at this point, I just heard that and I said, I don't want an ambulance. I don't need one here. Like, everything's fine. But obviously, they just explained that. They you know, they to, don't they? Yeah. They need a medical professional just in case you, go, you give birth. So... Once I'd heard that, I was really fine because in my in my head at that moment in time, I just thought they're going to take me to the hospital yeah. and I didn't want to go. But once you, they yeah, told, you hear ambulance and think, no, like leave, leave me alone, I'm fine, I don't want to go anywhere. But yeah, I was like, so once they said that, they were like, we can have an ambulance with you in about seven minutes. Um, the midwife is on her way, but yeah, she's coming. So called the ambulance, and the ambulance got here. I think it was like nine o'clock, so really quick. Um, but a few minutes later the midwife arrived so it was at that point where it was like it was so close um but the ambulance they stayed the paramedics stayed which was really good and I remember as soon as the midwife walked in I started like crying because I was so relieved to see somebody and she was lovely I'd never met her before and you know when you meet someone and you instantly feel safe in their presence I think I just, yeah, I was so overwhelmed. And as soon as I saw her, she just introduced herself. And that made me feel like so like happy that she was here. Um, but I remember saying to her, I was like, I really need some gas and air. And she said, I don't have any. 
God. because I've had to come straight here I don't have any and I kind of thought oh my goodness I need some and the paramedics <laughs> luckily they said that they had some oh good they, they gave me some which was um yeah really kind of them so um once we'd got kind of once she'd got in she said right let's get you in the pool and I said I, I want you to check me and she said I don't need to check you you're ready but me being me I said I just said I really would like you to check me and she was like that's fine if you want me to but she kind of knew that I was I was ready to give birth so I love that though like, I love that she had that you know she used her instinct didn't she I think that's really good yeah. Um, yeah I mean looking back now obviously yeah it was so obvious that I was like he was coming any moment so she checked me and she said, yeah, the head's there. Let's get in the pool. So we got straight in the pool. Um, and again, I remember that sensation. It was amazing. It was just as I'd remembered the first time round. So at this point, I only had one midwife here. Um, and it was just me, my husband and the midwife. And again, she was just so calming when I was in the water. She just let me do my thing. So when I, I, I kept saying, like, are you ready? And she'd say, I'm ready are you ready (laughs) as if like she just wanted me to just go with my kind of like instincts and when I felt a surge or contraction she wanted me to just do what you know I I wanted to do she didn't want you to like hold yourself hold yourself back in case she you know because she just arrived and maybe she wasn't ready yeah I get that yeah so she was she was amazing and she was she was quite hands-on because obviously she she'd got grief that he was going to be a big baby um and yeah, as in the fact that she she was really kind of protective of my perineum and my area. Good. Um, so each time I, I was pushing, she kind of held that area, which was really kind of oh, good. good. And so that was about, so I got in the board about quarter past nine. Um, and then, yeah, things started to happen quite quickly. Obviously, the head was birthed. And then it was at this point, the second midwife had come in at this point. So she'd arrived as well. And at this point, he got a little bit stuck. So I changed position. Um, I was originally on kind of on my knees, um, leaning over the actual birth ball. And at this point, they'd asked me to kind of sit down on my bum because what had actually happened was, like I said, his shoulders had got a bit dislodged, uh, yeah. lodged, sorry, behind my pubic bone. And so they just needed to create that little bit of extra space. And so by sitting on my bum um, with my kind of legs opened, it was just opening my pelvis to kind of like help him be born to create that bit of extra space um so within a matter of kind of minutes they she was saying to me Louise put your hands in the water and I, I, I was kind of like I wasn't really aware what was going on I didn't really kind of feel him be born like as soon as she said put your hands in and then lift them up and that's when I cottoned on like the baby <laughs> so, yeah it was so strange because Aww. I'd imagined that kind of moments so many times of me like lifting my baby out of the water and that's what happened like we lifted it I lifted him out put him straight on my chest so didn't even check whether he was a boy or a girl um and it was that kind of like relief that he was out and he was here yeah it was amazing so as soon as like they they lifted him up and they were like you've got a little boy um and we were obviously really shocked because again we didn't know what we were having um, and that was it really like they, they took him out gave him a little rub um, and he did need a bit of an extra rub before he started crying but yeah he was perfect and I was so like happy that we'd had him at home um, yeah. because that is what I'd you know I'd kind of dreamed of having this whole pregnancy 
Um, and yeah, I kind of got got my dream that yeah he was born wow. at home so it was lovely because you know you imagine it and you don't always you know it's not always the case is yeah. it like people you know potentially get transferred and things um so he was born um at 9 57 um which was that was a four hours and 45 minute labor wow. so fast so quick yeah um and then yeah we did have to go to hospital afterwards just so that he could get checked yeah. over because obviously um just to check that his shoulders were all okay yeah. and he's breathing fine but other than that he was perfect he had no issues he had you know he was crying yeah and yeah it was just amazing to just be able to say yeah I've had him at home which is it's such it feels like such an achievement doesn't it like you just it can't is. believe it can you at first like I can't believe I'm at home I've just had my baby at home it just feels yeah. unreal and, it, and it's one of those things it's like you you know first time around I was like I'm gonna go to the hospital the birth center I never would have imagined pre-children that I would ever have a home birth um but obviously through hypnobirthing you kind of you learn your body don't you yeah and you really do you really do learn that it's safe at home and it's you know your surroundings like really do contribute to that kind of birth experience like feeling relaxed and calm um you know he's such a chilled baby um, I know I've just grown up, but he's just, yeah, he's just no, he's so- very chilled. He's been very good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, such such an empowering kind of like experience. Obviously, you've had like both of yours at yeah. home. No, my um, first was in hospital. Oh, it, she was. Wasn't we she? transferred in. We had laboured. Majority of it was at home, but again, yeah, we transferred in because we'd had a long pushing stage as so well. I think sometimes first time, you know, you've not done it before, have you? So it no. is often um, kind of a bit longer. But second yeah. time, your body just remembers what to do. And it, it's right. often a lot. I remember you saying that to me. I remember you saying it. And like, until you, you don't want to believe it, do you? I know. I know. It's crazy because you just think like, yeah, I had the rest of the day then. I was like, I can't believe he's here. And I've literally yeah. given birth. And now I'm back home cleaning out the birth pool. Like <laughs> that, it was it was really strange. That's really. what I always say. Like when we were at home, she was born at six. 49 in the morning so the midwives I think had left by like nine and then we just sat there like oh like we've just had a baby and yeah. we're, it's only a couple of hours ago and now we're like on our own it just felt so so weird from yeah. the first time it's lovely though and I would always always encourage people to if you know if you're thinking about doing it yeah definitely give it a try because you know it's you've got that kind of like if you need to move and go to the hospital you know you've got that response time from the paramedics and yeah they will get you there and yeah it's it's just lovely being at home I loved it and yeah I kind of would love to do it again but that's what I always think but yeah (laughs) but I can like yeah I I kind of would like to give birth again but um I think I'm done on children but um, yeah I always think that as well I'd love to do it again one day but probably won't can you talk to me just a little bit about the shoulder dystocia? Because when well, I mean, we talked about it a bit before we started recording, but obviously it's something that a lot of people get told. And it's one of the things that they say if they suspect a bigger baby. Um, but importantly, and we were saying this as well before we started recording, that actually I think the, the, the chances of getting it actually aren't any different for a smaller baby compared to a bigger baby. I don't think it's something that is more risky if the baby's big. Um, it can happen to smaller babies too but it is one of those things that I think people 
hear the words and they maybe panic about, they maybe feel worried about. But you said your experience of it was not, you didn't feel alarmed, you felt quite calm throughout. No, that's right, yeah. So obviously we got told that he could, like, it was a bigger baby. My bump was a lot bigger than first time round. Um, and when, when obviously I got told about it, I went away, did my research, I know a little bit about it anyway. Um, but yeah, I went away, did the research on, yeah, it was saying it, it cannot be predicted really. So it, like we said, it can happen in smaller babies as well as larger babies, but I wasn't, um, you know, I just kind of thought to myself, right, if this is a big baby, that is fine. I'm still able to birth it. Even, you know, he was what, nine pound 13. Right. Um, so he was fairly big com- compared to Otterley. He was seven pound 14. So there's a two pound difference. Right, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just wasn't, I wasn't fearful of it I just thought you know what if it's going to happen it's going to happen I wasn't worried and I I just made sure that you know we did the research we knew what to expect the midwives certainly made it very clear what would happen should that occur um, in my birth scenario so they talked through the certain maneuvers that they would need to do to help him be born Um, and yeah they're very very good they have so much training it's you know obviously yearly training to kind of prepare for these kind of eventualities that yeah I wasn't worried and I didn't let that kind of cloud my kind of decision on whether to have a home birth or not I just made sure that you know that we were both fully prepared that if it were to happen we knew what to expect and yeah it wasn't as scary as it it sometimes seems um despite him being big I wonder as well, like, I mean, it's, always, it's hard to say, obviously, because you'd never know. But if you had been in a hospital having the exact same birth and the same things had happened, I wonder what would have been different in a hospital. Probably they would have acted slightly different in a hospital, so at home. Yeah. Um, so you might have experienced um, an intervention somewhere or something like that along the way, um, yeah. which could have affected, yeah, the birth completely. So you trusted your instinct and you knew your options and you knew that actually it it can be dealt with like you said they get yearly training in it they're very experienced um and it was fine and it all you know worked out how it was supposed to work out and you just had that trust in yourself but also in them and in the process as well um, which is really important little things that they came together just at the right time to obviously help him be born it's it was a case of not panicking. Um, the midwives obviously were, you know, like they could see that it was happening and they dealt with it like fine. Yeah. There was no panic. Nobody, you know, was it wasn't this big mad rush. It was just a case of right, what we're gonna do is gonna ask you to go on your like bottom, and then they dealt with it that way. So again, it was yeah, it was dealt with so like amazingly and so professionally that. I wasn't concerned if that makes sense I just imagine in a hospital if that had happened at that moment they probably would have pressed the red button and you would have had a whole team of people running your room which would have then changed how you were then behaving and made you panic and actually that none of that was actually needed because you you know you'll prove that that wasn't needed at all it was dealt with perfectly fine and I guess yeah Yeah. that's, that's the difference really isn't it and how it could have been if you were in a more medicalized environment well thank you that they are two incredibly positive birth stories how amazing to have two such lovely birth stories to tell and also like I do get I I was asked a while ago about can you can you include somebody on your podcast who's had a bigger baby because and I hear it so much and you probably do as well 
people that get told that they're having suspected big babies and it panics people instantly, which I completely get um, why it does because of the way that they get told it. But really, it doesn't need to be a huge panic. And as you no. just proved, it's, you know, our bodies are perfectly capable of birthing babies of all sizes, um, you know, and also forgot to say, you didn't even have a graze, did you? No tears? No, I didn't have any tears afterwards, no stitches, nothing. And they, everybody was so surprised because of the size of him. But yeah, like I did do perineal massage leading up to the birth as well. So it, that helped, I think. And then yeah. obviously the water, that again helped. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nothing at all. So it was amazing. That, I mean, yeah. And that again, just goes to prove it doesn't matter what size the baby is. Um, it it doesn't have it's how you know it's your position it's your posture it's your breathing the baby out it's the preparation you do before like the perineal massage and things like that that can have a real effect on any kind of perineal issues and things like that but I just love that (laughs) I think that's great um that there was no no issues with that at all so you're not teaching at the moment but you are going to be soon yeah I think probably next year yeah so I'm just having a little break at the moment obviously yes. at the minute just with Elian so your yeah hands very full at the moment <laughs> um, yeah so hope, hoping to be back probably um after the new year just to start classes again um and yeah fingers crossed and just tell everybody where you whereabouts you teach and where people can find you and things like that yeah, so at the minute, um, so we currently live in uh, Hampshire, so teaching in Hampshire at the moment, or will be next year, um, and you can find me, my Instagram page is birthcalmly, so at birthcalmly, um, and then again, my website is birthcalmly.com, so people can find me on there as well. Um, so hopefully, I'll see everybody in the new year, which will yeah. be lovely. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And I'll leave all of your details and things below so people can easily find you. Um, and yeah, you'll be back posting, I'm sure, and um, everything like that really soon. So, but yes, take to your time to enjoy your uh, new gorgeous boy. He's lovely. And he's been a very good boy. <laughs> thank you so much, Louise. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. A really, really big thank you to Louise for coming on and talking about her stories, talking about shoulder dystocia, because that is one of those things I think we hear the word and it sounds quite scary. Uh, But the reality is, and the reality for her was that it was totally, totally fine, not a scary situation. um, And she dealt with it really, really well. So it's important to talk about these things because they're sometimes things that get told to us by caregivers. So it's good to hear positive stories that come from them as well. So uh, yeah, thank you so much to Louise. I'll be back in two weeks time with another episode. So I will speak to you then. Goodbye.